it's almost every young angler's dream to qualify and someday fish the Bassmaster Classic. Most of us fish tournaments all our lives and never get the chance, maybe come close a couple times. But uh, with the advent of college fishing, uh, there's a handful of young anglers that get to compete every single season. And every year, one angler from the college Bassmaster series punches their ticket to the Bassmasters Classic. And tonight, the latest is joining us. How's it going, Easton? Good. How's it going? Did that pump you up enough for the intro? You feeling feeling good? That was quite the intro. It's got me yeah. feeling good. Yeah. All right. So Easton Fothergill uh, won the 2023 College Bassmaster Bracket Monday? Two days ago? Yep. Monday. Nice. So we were kind of talking a little bit pre-show. Has it, has it sunk in yet? No. It, it, it has not. I, I still keep trying to wrap my mind around it, but I, I just can't just crazy yeah brian says there uh, looks good sounds good so kind of the, via the intro like how long when did you start getting into like tournament fishing and following that level where like fishing as a pro or making the classic when did that like get on your or was it or when and when did it get on your radar and and and, and how long or what got you thinking that way um my dad fishes a ton of tournaments, so he got me into tournament fishing at a super, super young age and then started getting into the high school deal. Uh, my dad actually started our high school team when I was a freshman in high school and then started doing all that. And then college is when I really started doing all the traveling and, you know, kind of like all over the country type stuff. And that's when I really started to realize, like, I really love this traveling stuff and fishing all these new mm -hmm. fisheries and stuff. And that's when it was really like, okay, I might, I might really want to pursue this. Nice. But I mean, like, do you have like memories of like cracking open uh, your dad's like Bassmaster as a kid and like thinking that would be really cool? Or was it like later once you got into tournaments that you like? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Fell, fell into it. Uh, it was, it was, I was pretty hardcore into it pretty early. You know, I was like the high school days. I can remember just wanting to practice like weeks on end for the tournaments. Just, just, you know, just wanted to try to do my very best at all the tournaments and yeah i don't know it's just i've kind of always been full bore at it you know i always wanted to put 100 percent effort into it and yeah it's just it's just all i ever want to do pretty much yeah places congrats made a brutal fishery look easy <laughs> i don't know if i made it look easy but <laughs> caught just enough to get it done i guess it was not yeah. easy up there what like so, I watched a little bit of live because I was actually driving up to Intune on Monday because my uh, my Mercury had a little bit of a snafu this weekend, and uh, so I caught bits and pieces of it. And I saw a little bit like you. I think you went into halftime trailing slightly, right? Um, unless you caught some fish right at the end before I like stopped watching. But they like they, they gave you a weight reveal in the head to head, 
So I guess back up a little bit, right? So it was the the team of the year, which mm-hmm. was you and Nick Dumkey got yep. two spots, and the top three people at the national tournament got the other six spots. So there was a bracket. And then kind of talking the final day here. So you had to, and I think in the second day you felt like you had no chance because you didn't, you didn't know till the end of the day, each day, like how you did. Yeah. Each day there's a break from 1045 to 11, kind of, you know, get hydrated and everything. And at that time you can, you can ask your marshal who the other or what the other person you're fishing against has. But all week I chose not to do that because I felt Uh, it would mess up my game plan. So I chose to not know what my competitors had all week. So every day you didn't know until they did their little stage reveal. Yep. Other than like the first day you had a pretty decent weight, so you might have felt like Yeah. I mean by by Milford standards you had a decent <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um so I, I know I saw day two or your your blast off interview on day three where it, you were like pretty much a hundred percent convinced that whatever the, the weight you had on day two was not gonna be enough mm-hmm. and that you were ready just to be like i mean not ready to go home but like you had pretty much came to accept that you were done already i don't know about that i just knew i had a good morning program going but i came to realize that i really need to figure out how to get bit in the afternoon in order to get the job done that's that's what was the key for me i think sure so then day three did you catch your biggest bag of the week on day three yep I think day one, I had 10, 15, day two, I had like nine and a half. And then day three, I had 11, 13. So almost 12 pounds. Yeah. So what was your mindset? Not knowing all day, like, like semi-confident, like no clue. Like what, what were you feeling at the end of the day when you're like, all right, I had almost 12 pounds. Like what, what was your mindset? I, I, there was a part of me that felt like I had a really good chance, but there was also another part of me that I felt one fish short because, you know, my my competitor on the final day, Tucker Smith, he caught a really big one on day two, like a four and a half pounder. And that really propelled his bag to like a 11 and a quarter pound bag maybe. And I was just like, gosh, if he gets two of those bites today or, you know, he might've found something with that fish. I was just like, I might need a really big bag today. So that's right. why I really felt like I need 12 pounds in order to clinch it. Mm-hmm. Nice. Right. Tad says congrats. Seven couple of Minnesota people checking on the old Facebook. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool to watch it all unfold. And I guess I don't know for the people that don't know, you had uh, a, I mean, so you guys were team of the year, which goes all the way back to, I mean, that started what fall of or sp- spring of this year. Or when did the I team series first, actually? I think the first tournament was last March, maybe. Okay, so like that was March through May, like summer, yeah. March, May, so spring. And that was a how many tournament series do they count in the college for that? Four, four events. Okay. Um, so you knew in May that you had made the bracket. Yep. But you didn't know the destination at that time, right? Like that was announced later. Like no, that wasn't but- announced till after the nationals, right? Yep, they announced it yeah. at the final day of the national championship. Which, by that point, you were in rough shape. Yeah, that was that was when all my all my illness was going downhill at the national championship. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't want to like go super deep into this. Cause I want to stay on the positive, but I think it's a pretty good story of like 
some pretty serious adver- adversity that you were to, to bounce back from. But uh, so basically, you were not feeling good at the national championship, super crummy. You didn't know what was going on. You had visited the the urgent care. They kind of like slapped an aspirin on it, rubbed some dirt on it, told you to get back out there. Yep. And uh, but turns out, like what the week after you got back, it, things really got worse. Basically, you had like migraines and headaches and lethargic, no energy. And then finally you got some kind of a, a scan, I assume. And yep. I went to the ER and they did a CT scan and that's when they found the, the mass on my brain. And that's when they transported me up to Birmingham and that's, that's where I ended up getting surgery and stuff. So, so I basically got rushed into like emergency surgery for a, a mass, which would end up being like basically an affection abscess, right? Something yep. like that. Yep. Did you pick that up in Lay Lake or something or yeah. Probably how slimy that place is. <laughs> but no, uh, I, I actually think it's the bacteria that it was. Is it's common in our mouths. So, and I actually had a really bad sore in my mouth, like a month ago. Mm. So they think that's how I might have got into my bloodstream and got into my brain. That's crazy. That stuff's super. I mean, infections are like no joke. Like, mm-hmm. luckily, um, there's Brennan checking in. What's up, Brennan? Leech like uh, right there. Yeah. <laughs> but uh so yeah, I mean, and I think for a good period of time after that you did not it did not seem likely that you're going to be recover and get cleared to fish the national or the bracket at that point. And you almost, I mean, you almost triple or double qualified, right? Like you've top 10 or top 15 the championship. Yeah, top 3 qualifies at the championship and I actually got 5th, so I was really yeah. close to double qualifying. Yeah. Are you and 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 Nick, right? Yep. Did you let him catch some fish? I mean, it was a team effort, right? Yeah, yeah. He, definitely, <laughs> he actually found our best school during practice, so we practiced nice. separate. So, yeah, I actually listened to your uh, your show with with Aaron Teal with you and, and Nick together. That was a pretty good. You guys definitely seem to have a pretty good team uh, dynamic. Um, did you guys have a plan in place, or like? did you guys talk about like if you were going to meet in the bracket or when obviously it didn't happen, but like, were you happy to see him opposite of you? And then if you had to meet him, it would be in the championship or would you rather like, did you get, what kind of conversations you guys have? No, cause that's always like a, even at like the, like the, the team championship or the college bracket, they have these things where the teammates uh, a lot of times ultimately can or do end up facing off. What did you guys have talking about that? Um, surprisingly, not really. We kind of just, you know, stayed on our own sides and just kind of, we kind of know that we fish the same, you know, way style and ended up being that we shared almost all the same water during the bracket competition, but we, we kind of, we didn't do any like teammate type stuff. We just kept to ourselves during practice for that. So you guys kind of went in, even though you guys are like super close team, all the other tournaments of the year, you guys basically treated this as an individual tournament. Yep. Um, we thought that was for did, both of us. Didn't share, didn't get too attached, didn't, I mean, obviously we're cordial and respectful and that kind of stuff, but like yep. tried to like keep it professional, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <clears throat> obviously you would have, I'm, I'm sure you were rooting for him. Like when they did the, the reveals, you were hoping he was going to win, but. Yeah. Um, and it was tough too, because we had another team from our school in the bracket sure. and we had to go head to head against each other. So that was definitely a kind of weird dynamic, but. Yeah, did in both rounds you guys fished against each other? Uh, the, just the first round, it was Montevallo versus Montevallo. I was. That's against... what I mean. Like, but, but both you, 
and yeah. Nick both fished against somebody else. That's yeah. what I was saying. Yeah. yeah. And you won yours, and then uh, Robeson beat Nick, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, did, so they, they did have the seating round. So you have to get a practice day, which is the seating day. Did you, like, was there any strategy for you that? Did you care whether you caught fish? Like, what were you? Uh, the seating day was actually canceled because it was blowing, like, okay. 40 mile hour winds. But they did, uh, let us, right. they did let us go practice if we if we chose to, which, you know, all eight of us chose to go practice. We're fishing for a classic spot. So all eight of us were still out there, but they did cancel the seed day. So then it just went from team of the year, one and two, and then first, second, third, national championship going on down for seeds. Hmm. Okay. Which, did you think about, like, what your plan was? Had you been able to? Yeah, I didn't care what seed I was. I was just going to treat it like another practice day. I was honestly just going to graph all day, to be honest, and catch a couple of fish if I just – you know, happened to, I wasn't sure. going to try at all. Yeah. All right. Uh, Travis Stearman, he's, I believe Travis is from Kansas. <clears throat> Do you think Milford fished better or worse than you expected based on kind of the, the clippings or what you had heard about it? Uh, I, I honestly didn't really know what I was getting into. I did a, like a ton of research and I can only find like a couple of different tournament results. And I know, the last round of the bracket in 18 when they were there each team had 13 pounds something in the final round so i didn't i definitely was not on a 13 pound bag all week so i thought i was maybe behind the eight ball a little bit but it turns out it was fishing worse than it was in 18 so yeah and i know the way matt panger talks about the nation divisional central region that was there like a few years ago he talks about like like you know uh six whatever eight guys fishing for the last six fish and if you caught one you'd move on like so he was really like they hit it at a really tough time um but uh this it's it's my understanding that it's normally a 15 inch limit there and it was it was 12 inches for us which i think really helped for sure so i mean with a 15 inch minimum to bring it to the scale do would you at a limit any day I think the final day would have been the only day I would have had a limit. Hmm. So it was, it was a grinder, but I, I tend to really like grinder tournaments. You know, those ones where mm -hmm. it's more, of a, it's more of a mental game than anything. Those are my favorites. So. Right. Yeah. I always feel like the, the tough tournaments are the easiest ones to win. If you're yeah. like a strong tournament angler. Yeah. If you, those slugfish tournaments, you can be just a just a slight bit off on the program, and you know you're you're way behind. But those grinders, it's just one bite. Or I feel back. like you can sometimes stumble into just wads of them when it's like wide open. Mm -hmm. Like you don't necessarily like it can go both ways. Like you can be a little off, and you're catching three pounders. You need to be catching three and a halfs, or like when it's wide open, somebody can literally just land on them without maybe a ton of preparation or mm -hmm. exactly. experience. I don't know. Uh, Clay says, was it Eason the fish? Was Eason that caught the fish he broke off on the Ned? Yep, that was me. So you broke one off and caught it with the Ned in his mouth? Yeah, I broke that fish off the morning prior. I caught, I broke it off on day two, and I caught it again on day three in the afternoon I, off the same spot. And you, and you know it because of the Ned? And it yep. was still in his mouth? Or? Same head, same color I was throwing, so hmm. pretty crazy. Cool. 
I don't know, Clay. <laughs> Clay's alluding there might have been an, uh, an anti-Tucker Smith movement, but uh, I don't know. I feel like Tucker is mostly a good kid, but he's he's had some success, and he's there was some some negative light on Ufala, so that probably there was probably a few people that were suddenly Easton fans more than maybe they would have been, but now, yeah. I mean, yeah, you you can't deny his success, but there's for sure some controversy here and there around it, but. Yeah. He can catch them no matter what. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You caught the white catfish too, right? I think I, I actually saw that. Yeah. yeah. Ronnie was calling for you, like you should have put it on the scale. We might have been able to get like a a state record for albino I, catfish or something. Yeah, I heard it was like three pounds, and I I believe that catfish might have broke three pounds. It was. It would have been close, but I didn't even <laughs> think about that till people at the weigh in after they tell me about it. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, uh, your future, you know, becomes your legacy and not a, a state record albino Kansas catfish. So. Let's hope. Uh, so Lauren's asking about the nitro. I, d I doubt that you have the nitro yet. Not yet. So let's talk about what what you uh, what we believe you win. So it looked like you got like seventy five hundred dollars cash. Does that go to you or does that go to the school? I believe it will go to me, but okay. I'm not positive. I know some of those college things are weird, whether they go like to the 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 the, the student athlete anglers or whether they go to school. Um, but you get birth to the 2024 Bassmaster Classic in March on Grand Lake, mm -hmm. which is probably the the single most biggest piece. I would think like that's the coolest part. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And then you also, based on the article. It says you get uh, the use of a Toyota Trunda and a Nitro, twenty foot Nitro. Yeah, that sound right? Twenty. Z twenty Nitro and a Toyota Tundra. Uh, basically, I think I think basically how they do that is you get like a one year lease. Basically, yep. I think um, on that, which is pretty sweet. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, you get. It looks like based on the article, entry into one series or one division of the Opens. Sounds like anglers in the past got the full nine opens based on this article. It says one division. I guess you'll you'll find out the, the final details from from Lisa in the next week or so. Yeah. Um, but yeah. so crazy cool, crazy cool package that they, they provide for the one one college angler every year. So that's super cool. So the boat that you run now is that your boat, school boat? Is that it's it's my dad's boat. But yeah, he, he lets me use it for all the college stuff. Which does he have? A, does he have another boat that he gets to kick around in it back home? Or yeah, he's got. He's also got a pro guide, an older pro guide tiller. So nice. yeah, it's pretty cool. But I get to use his boat more next year. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I bet he's excited about that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Eason mixed in uh, some spinning rod, right? The Ned and a few other things. He kind of mixed it up power fishing and finesse, it looked like, what yeah. I saw. I did weigh in some spinner rate fish every day, every day, so some bait caster mixed in as well. Yeah, so any word on, like, is that based on the calendar year that you get the the Nitro, or have they, you haven't heard any of that stuff, like what the details of that are yet? I haven't got into the details yet. Yeah, did they have it sitting there? Did they have the boat mm -hmm. sitting there? Yep, the boat and, and truck are both there. Okay. But 
It's my understanding that. So the one that's in the photo that supposedly is the vote you're. No, that's what I've heard. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. You know, at the Bass Nation, the last one I fished where Maddie Wong won, there was that the ranger that he ended up getting was parked out in front of like registration and stuff. Cool. <clears throat> see here. Any topwater action? Steerman, like, lives right down the road. He's trying to get all the action on his home lake. Actually, the first fish I caught th during the week was, like, my third cast. It was, like, a almost three-pound largemouth on a topwater. And hmm. I threw that thing the rest of the week and not another bite. So it kind of led me down a, a dead end. But that was definitely my first clue. Was, was that on the on the windy or the first fish of the tournament? The first the first practice day. It was it was still windy, but not the not oh. the super windy day. So you guys, so you guys had a practice day, and then you ended up getting in. So what did you get? One practice day, and then you would have had the seating day that ended up being a practice day. Yep. Or, yeah. Okay. Supposed to be just one practice day, but ended up being two. Right. Cool. So I think we talked a little bit earlier. You're a, you're a senior. Are you basically starting? I guess you're about a month in month and a half into your senior year at Montevallo. Yep. Uh, for those who don't remember, Brennan, the state champ, Leech Lake, who we had on, I don't know, I guess about a month ago. He's in Montevallo. We, we actually talked a little bit about Easton and Nick and a few others back then. <clears throat> so you're, you fished, this is your, you're going into your, so I guess you won team of the year in your junior season. Yep. Okay. So you still have a, I mean, you plan to fish the college season this spring? Yep. It, if if I only get one division of the opens, then yes. Right. If you get to fish all the opens, then you probably gotta. Then I gotta. There's probably, just probably be that. some conflicts or. Yeah. yeah. So is Nick still around? Is he a senior as well? Yep. Same age. You guys, so assuming everything, you guys are planning to fish together and try yep. to defend the title. I'll do my best. I don't know. That's a, that's a tall task. But... I mean. Not saying it's a guarantee, but I mean that's I mean right. You're trying to defend it and yeah, that's the reigning. Yep. Yep. So, uh, assuming you're you're graduating with a degree, what's what are you majoring in? My major is marketing. So, I would say three quarters of our fishing team is all marketing majors. Is that uh, a lot of the team believes they want to fish professionally, and they feel that marketing is an important part of that? I would say there's probably a quarter of the team that's like serious about trying to pursue it as a dream, but the other ones are just hoping to get a spot in the fishing industry or the outdoor industry after college. So they want to, yeah. Okay. So they, but either way, it's geared towards marketing, being involved in the industry at some level. Yeah. <clears throat> when you say, would you say you're one of those that is serious about pursuing it as a career? Yeah. Especially in the last two or three years of really starting to pursue it. So we were kind of talking earlier that like you were considering coming back for a fifth year as well. That's up in the air now with opens, classic, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, you're planning on graduating on time, uh, fishing the open. So, you know, a little too early to really see what's going on, but you're going to basically, when does the college season really kick off for Bassmaster? Uh, Bassmaster is pretty much always in the spring, anywhere from okay. January to March is the the Bassmaster season. 
Right. Are you fishing some of the other stuff as well? Yeah. I, um, there's so there's three circuits in the college series, three big circuits. There's collegiate bass, MLF, and Bassmaster, and our team com, uh, competes in all three of them. So there's a lot of fishing that we do during the during the calendar year. So do you already have any of this? Any of those starting this fall? Yep. So two weekends from now, we go to Dardanelle for an ACA collegiate bass, and then the weekend after that, we go to Hartwell for an MLF, and then. There's one the weekend after that. I can't even remember where, but we got three in a row, bang, bang, bang. And then after that, we're pretty much done for the fall. And then it, it picks it picks back up back in January. So nice. <sighs> so Frank wants to know what what's a, what does a fun day of fishing look like for you when you're not tournament fishing? Or maybe that is what's fun for you. Tournament fishing is definitely fun, but you know, when I'm fun fishing, it's, it's usually trying to learn some kind of new technique that I'm not, you know, I might not necessarily feel confident in. That's what I treat my days where I'm not practicing for a tournament, trying to learn for the most part, but it's definitely, I would say 90% bass fishing for me. Sometimes go out for crappies and stuff, but. All right. We're going to do just like a quick, super like one minute break, and then we'll come back and talk about like what's fishing like around Montevallo? Where do you fish in Alabama? That kind of stuff. So just hold tight for just one minute. Sounds good. Are you ready to reel in your next home purchase or refinance? Supreme Lending's Dream Team can help guide you through the entire mortgage process from pre-qualification to closing. We have a wide variety of home loan programs in our tackle box, including down payment assistance and first-time homebuyer options. You can ask Hella Bass. He trusted us to help finance his home. Contact the Dream Team today by searching Supreme Lending Dream Team or click the link below in the description or scan the QR code on your screen. We're back. So someday, you know, like if you win the classic, you know, and you got that big chunk of change, you can probably look up Aaron. Can you hear me? And he can help you. You know, finance that. Uh, oh, the, you can't hear me? Shouldn't be muted. Is it just your end? Can anybody else hear me? This is awkward. Let's see what the chat says. Chat says I'm good. It's weird. All right, let's see if we can try to figure this out. Everybody else in the chat says they can hear me, so I just private messaged hear me now? Easton. I can hear Easton. Can you hear me now? He's not hearing me, though. Can't hear you. <laughs> uh, I'm going to boot Easton out and have him come back in. I'll just let him know in the chat. But that usually fixes 99% of the technical difficulties that we have. It's always something. <clears throat> the release area is always the juice clay. 
Uh, I'm not really good at my sign language. The chat can hear us both. Can you hear me now? We no. good? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Can hear you. <laughs> Did you accidentally hit the mute button on your computer? really weird. Can you hear me now? I can hear you. <clears throat> That's really weird. All right. <laughs> hmm. All right, I can hear you now. Yeah, so just maybe when you muted yourself, you bumped your volume down or something. I don't know. I guess so. These kids these days, they don't know how to operate technology. <laughs> I don't know how to run my computer. Well, you're you're well on your path to being a professional angler because most of the professional anglers I interview can't operate technology when it comes to phones and computers. They can operate Lawrence, Hummingbird, Garmin, all that stuff, but when it comes to phones and computers, so you know you're you're well on your way. <laughs> 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 all right nice cool yeah so we were going to come back uh, what i was saying is after you win the classic and you have like a big chunk of change you can look up aaron with the dream team and he can help you finance that first lake home that you get so um that was that was the joke i was making when you can't hear me it was it's less funny now um but uh yeah so i believe montevello was closest to the alabama river uh yeah we're nope. close to lay lake right so is that would you guys say lay lake is your home pond or where do you guys like to go fishing when you have time uh lay lake i would say is where most people go the lake below it is mitchell which i would say is better if you want to catch fish but lay lake definitely has bigger ones so so lay lake has more tournaments bigger fish but if you want to like work on a technique, Mitchell might be the place to go get bites. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Like day one of a new technique, you go to Mitchell, you get some confidence, and then you go to Lay and let, then you get your teeth kicked in and yeah, you just you kind of lay cycle and... that until you build confidence. You're you're up for the test when you go to Lay. It's it's a grinder for the most part of the year. But... Yeah, you just got to go to Beeswax, right? Like everybody knows that. Let's just go to Beeswax Creek and you catch them. I wish it was that easy. I wish it was as easy as Polinic made it look. <laughs> so when you guys, I assume you kind of watch some of the coverage of like, uh, like, you know, his name, uh, Will Davis. Mm -hmm. uh, was there anything that he did that you were like, wow, like that surprised you or not? Uh, all the techniques, no, but there were some of the places that he was on where I didn't really think about doing what he was doing, for sure. sure. But Little. What he was doing is just the, the basic Coosa River hammer stuff that they, they all do. So, mm -hmm. But he just happened to have a few sneaky one rock, mm -hmm. two rock, little seam type stuff. <clears throat> yep. But yeah. So what would... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I just going to say Coosa River is quite the playing ground for learning new techniques, but cause you got, you got spotted bass and large mouth. So you can, it's, it's 
you can learn so much stuff out there and i have it's it's quite the playground to have right right in our backyard mm-hmm. what uh what what do you think the alabama river has made you better at fishing current definitely is probably the biggest thing knowing how current positions fish is probably the biggest thing it's taught me nice so what like what's your favorite i mean what's your favorite spot maybe not like that you get to fish all the time but in alabama favorite spot in alabama like if you're gonna treat yourself and go for the weekend make a little boys trip like where do you want to go uh i'm gonna go if, I, if I'm wanting to drive, I'd go somewhere to the TVA, Pickwick or Gunnersville or Wilson. Yeah. TVA is my favorite. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel like Pickwick's a little bit on the slide, but mm-hmm. I don't have you, you haven't mixed in Wheeler yet, which is supposed to be the rising star. I, I have not been there yet, but Nick's been there a couple of times and he was there during a tough part of the year, but he's, he still said he can see the potential. He got some big ones. So mm-hmm. that was four years ago now. So. It's... Frank wants to know: Have you ever been desperate in a tournament and decided to try something completely unconventional? I wouldn't say unconventional, but in tournament fishing, you definitely got to be willing to adapt, and you know, you got to be willing to throw out your game plan at any time. You know, what I mean, at least you got to be able to keep an open mind, and you know. Oh, see, just like that, he's gonna give away the juice, and he froze up. The Montevello coach cut the Wi-Fi right when he was going to give away the juice. <laughs> but uh, I don't know how much of that you heard, but yeah, most of it. I think we got the gist of it. Um, did you have a mentor outside of your dad, or was that your main mentor? I would say that was my main mentor. But now coming to school, you know, we have kids from all over the country, and there's there's been many nights of us all sitting at the boat shed just bouncing ideas off each other. That's I've learned so much late at night you know just talking to all my teammates that's that's been the next biggest mentor i would say do you guys get to like when you're not practicing for a tournament when you're fun fishing you guys get out and fish with other guys anglers on the team that aren't yeah all the time your teammate yeah nice that's gotta be our team we also call them in-house tournaments where we just partner up like an upperclassman with a lower classman and you know we learn a whole bunch amongst ourselves when we do that all right, you, you, do you draw draw a kid that's fished cypress trees all their life, or you draw somebody that's from, you know, Ozarks, things like that, for sure. Yep. Michael wants to know, do you have a dream ideal sponsor or a type of sponsor that would be like? Hmm. I haven't really thought about that. Like, would it be like a, a snack food? Would it be a... a like non-endemic and let's let me say like let's just let's make a non like let's make a non-endemic because like then you don't have to worry about offending anybody's feelings like what would be the coolest non-endemic like would you want it to be like clothing or like i don't know frisbee golf because that's your other passion or like uh, i always like to go to popeyes so it'd be great if i could get (laughs) i don't something like that like like what kind of the first thing that comes to mind to me is chick-fil-a i love chick-fil-a you know, and, and that aligns really well with uh, the uh, the geographic density of tournaments. Like most places that have tournaments, there's mm-hmm. Chick-fil-A's. So. Yep. Although you can't get ice cream after you win on Sunday at Chick-fil-A. So that is a downside. That's right. 
That is right. <laughs> uh, yeah, we talked about this earlier, Travis, but basically Eason and his partner were team of the year, so they, they basically were the anglers of the year for a four-series tournament for Bassmaster. Um, he almost, they almost also qualified to the national championship and double qualified. Just so, yeah, the practical one would be to go with like uh, BP, Chevron, uh, Bucky's. Bucky's. That would be a good one. Yeah. Uh, Dave Carp wants to know Are you experimenting with, experimenting with JDM tackle? And have you been to Waypoint yet? Uh, the answer is yes and yes. I've I've become quite a bit into JDM tackle lately, but you know it's, it just comes down to trying to stay ahead of everyone else. You know, trying to keep in front of everyone and always being on top of the next best thing. I have reason to believe that Brennan wasn't one hundred percent completely honest with me on what he told me he caught his fish on a drop shot at Leech Lake. I guess I have no clue. So, who knows? He he told me they were uh, an Exxon bait. And somebody official them said they were a JDM bait. <laughs> hey, would you believe that an angler would fib about the lures they were catching their fish on in a tournament? No, I would, I would never do that. So, Brennan, if you're still here, I know. He's, I got eyes on you, Brennan. Yeah. It was something you probably got at Waypoint, Brennan. So. <laughs> Nice. Um, what, what's the, what's your favorite, I mean, what's a lake that you really ended up like really liking through your college travels that maybe you didn't think would be like just surprised. Like once you got there and fish it, you're like, this place was really cool. Like, I want to go back there. Like, uh, Chickamauga probably is the best, the biggest one. I love chicks. Nice. Uh, second, probably Dardanelle. I love Dardanelle. It's, it's always such a grinder because we're there in October. You know, you pretty much catch a limit both days and you're in the top 20. So, is that like a buzzbait, whopper plopper? Like yeah, just like isolated yeah. wood, flipping isolated woods, big thing. So, nice. And is there, what, what's a, what's a lake on the schedule that you want to get revenge on? Like you feel like you didn't like have your best tournament and you're like, you feel like you should have and you want to like redeem yourself on. Gunnersville. I've always had good practices out there, but I cannot make the right adjustments out there for some reason. So that's I like to feel that. Fun. I fished a, a regional there for the Bass Nation, and my day one absolutely killed me. I brought in one or two fish. Like, dang! I thought I thought I had like this like, uh, what's a. Uh, What's the true true bass swim bait DT six like Carolina rig? Like I was in practice, like I could like graph a hump, look at the weeds on it, where it was positioned on the channel, and I was like calling my shots like this is gonna be good. Did I mow down drum and short bass and like just <laughs> and I caught a like a keeper on my like like I jumped I don't know. I think I caught a keeper and then jumped one off like in my first five casts and then literally never had a keeper bite the rest of the day. It's crazy how that like can do that too. Yeah. But then, and then the next day I like, you know, what you talked about earlier about just like throwing all that to the side and kind of going on a gut on something I just saw a little bit of in practice. And I like had like a 
one of the biggest bags of the tournament and almost made the cut. But <clears throat> that's cool. Andrew says you don't know him, but he knows what you'd like to order for tackle because he packs orders at Omnia. You might have got a note from him. I have gotten a few notes from him. I I, I have seen that, but mm, from Omnia. So I'm trying to think what I ordered from there a lot. I ordered a lot of treble hooks from them for some reason. They got the yeah. new. They got Hayabusa trebles, which I really like. Yeah, the Hayabusa's and the other ones that are uh, Ichikawa's yep. have some good troubles. Yeah, those are the two top dogs, I think, right now. Yeah. Yeah, we, we covered, even with Brennan, like how quickly stuff gets to uh, Alabama, even from Golden Valley. Mm -hmm. They're they're impressive, for sure. They're, they're definitely king in the shipping category, that's for sure. Speaking of which... It's a good time to remind us that we uh, we do have a new October code. I know, Ethan, you probably haven't cracked my code and like the algorithm on how my code switches yet, but uh, it's just a OMHP23 OCT for this month. So, um, cool. so you know, college kids, it's tough to get by. If you can save 15% on your tackle, that just saves a little more money for the weekends. You know, every bit helps. For sure. What's up, Jake Squad? So let's talk a little. I mean, so like this, uh, I guess for us in Minnesota, it shouldn't, it's not a huge surprise to see you seeing success in college or in the bracket because you've done quite well for yourself, uh, high school, uh, team trails, things like that back home. Um, I mean, I think the, the program. <clears throat> That, that you and your dad kind of started like Grand Rapids was a bit of a powerhouse when you were there and you had a bunch of friends that were very competitive uh, on the local scene. Uh, we went off to college. You've slowly, I think ramped up every year and been more successful. And mm -hmm. then uh, what you've won a couple team trail, like you and your dad, right? The Minnesota mm -hmm. fascination team trail the last couple of years on Vermilion and well, he won it without you on Bokegama. Did you guys win one on Leech as well? Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, like, kind of like, you know, when, 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 uh, Wisconsin saw Patch Lopper have success and other places where not, you know, when, when, when Seth Fighter had success, you know, it wasn't a big shock to the people back home in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I, I think about it all the time. I can just imagine being an Alabama kid, seeing what you see down here and going up north. I could just, I can just imagine just how different it is. But, Coming from Minnesota down south, I think the transition is much easier because we just have such diverse fisheries that we have mm -hmm. access to, and it just makes the transition so much easier going from north to south rather than south to north. Yeah, I think once you understand, like for me, and I haven't spent, I'd like to spend more time, but like when you start to understand shad, because we don't get a ton of shad unless you go mm -hmm. to the river, and you understand that like horizontal baits down south are just a much bigger player spinnerbaits yep. lipless crankbaits things like i mean they catch fish in minnesota but like moving baits play so much harder at certain times of the year down south yep. like like that's lesson like as soon as you figure that out that puts you and then like the 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 true pre-spawn because mm -hmm. we just because of our seasons and how quickly it warms up unless you're out there 
bending the rules. You don't, and, and even if you are, like, it happens so fast. Like, I mean, it goes from ice out to, like, on, you know, basically immediate, like, pre-spawn to, like, beds in, like, a matter of weeks. So, like, if your person working or going to class, like, if you go every other weekend, it's like, like, if you go after ice out, and then you got one weekend of pre-spawn. They might be on beds the next week. You know what I mean? Like in some of these small lakes, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, I, I I can only count on one hand probably how much I've actually found staging fish in Minnesota. Like largemouth, I'm talking smallmouth a little bit more. But and down here, it seems like they stage for, you know, a month. So. Right. I mean, if you find staging fish in Minnesota, it means like they're on the log next to the dock they're going to spawn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, or they're on the lily pad route. 20 yards from where they're gonna like spawn right like mm -hmm. it's yeah it's like right before it happens yep um and up north i mean you you grew up in grand rapids up north so you you probably got to see more than even i do down <clears throat> by the time we officially usually get opener it's typically you know it's happening or it's happened mm -hmm. in some years um fishing a few like may vermilion tournaments I guess definitely get to see the smallmouth a little more, a little more obvious how they're staging that. That's a, because that season window up there is kind of nice. Mm -hmm. So any other big adjustments for you as you started to fish down South across the country? Like. Uh, it definitely just takes a different mindset than it does up North, you know, up North, you're more, you're more, you know, can you're more. How do I say it? You're more worried about being on the right caliber fish, I would say. And then down south, you're you're worried just about getting bites for the most part. You know, if you if you're getting bit down south, you're gonna run into a big one from what I've seen for the most part on most bodies of water water. So it's it's definitely just a different mindset, you know. Just I, I would say it's more important to just keep an open mind down down south, because to me up north it's a lot more spot orientated and in south it's more pattern orientated. From what I've learned, conditions, so. yeah. Like up north, sometimes you can just if you're on the right spot, you can just be stubborn and mm -hmm. it'll happen, right? Yeah. Yep. And there's a lot of guys that like do very well being campers, and I hate camping, but like I can't do it. If yeah. you if if you find the right spot, you can you see tournaments one all the time up here where people just sit there and throw a jig worm for eight hours, and they'll eventually catch them. <clears throat> well, that's whether the fish really want it or not, and. uh I feel like down south, you got to be willing to move, change, follow the wind, follow the water, see what the bait, like adjust and, you know, fish for four to 10 bites. I mean, there are definitely windows where people absolutely clobber them down south. And, mm -hmm. but like 80% of the year, you're fishing for a handful of bites, right? Like yep. you catch eight, 10, 12 bass a day, you're like, it's pretty we, good. We were, we're pretty good. Whereas like up north, if you're not culling, all day you're probably getting your teeth kicked in, yeah, in a if, lot you're of not, if you're not calling by nine you're a little bit worried up north yeah you're like oh <clears throat> uh, i'll probably change the braid on my spinning rods when they get too low to make a good cast but i mean spray and when you got leaders i mean i changed the leaders i mean does it really matter if the the braids faded yeah <laughs> Um, I don't know. 
I'm more of a like good enough for the last cast, good enough for the next cast guy. Like very much swindle mindset. Like if I was going to make the last cast of the tournament with it, it's probably going to be good enough for the first cast the next day. Yep. I'm like that too with Braid. Floro, I'm a little more particular, but Braid. It kind of depends on, yeah. I mean, did I did I put a couple of good kinks and backlashes in it in the day? How much did I use it? Yeah. Am I talking 20 pound or am I talking 8 pound? Like, <clears throat> so. Yeah, exactly. It just starts to get feeling good after a couple seasons. I mean, why would you want to change it? <laughs> Ooh, look at this. Nick's almost got enough points at Omni for an Ecstasy. There you go. <laughs> hmm. So, we kind of talked a little bit earlier. Uh, assuming it's only one division, you know, obviously you have to check all the schedules and all that stuff, but I feel like the division three has to look pretty appetizing. Yeah, for sure. Of, uh, have you ever fished lacrosse? I have a couple of high school tournaments yeah. there and then. Did, did you like it? Did you find success? What, what, I mean, you, do you like that style of fishing or? Uh, it was mediocre success in high school, but now that I've spent all this time down south, I think I'll like it that much more. It, right. Definitely, it's just more like a southern fishery than it does what I'm used to in Minnesota, northern Minnesota. Yeah. And when you're in high school, if you don't have a lot of river experience, like, you know, once you like, once current and river fishing clicks, I feel like it almost gets easier. Exactly. You know how to read the current and stuff and, you know, you just can understanding how important veget like good vegetation versus what what's not good vegetation when you see that when you see that color of water you're like oh yeah it's about to go down here <laughs> yep, yep, they're here somewhere yeah. <clears throat> right so i mean we're talking so it starts and have you ever been to st Clair yet i have not i gotta imagine that's a a lake that's a, like for me never been there but like that's a lake on my list of places that I've always wanted to go. So it's like mm -hmm. that division three, I'm like, <clears throat> I haven't like, I got to get through a couple tournaments here and then get serious about looking at dates and stuff. But like, it's like, I've always wanted to go to St. Clair. So it's like, I mean, obviously you're going to go out there and you're going to fish hard and take it seriously, but it's like, it's a trip I would take anyways. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's only 11 hours from the cities, I think maybe 12, which compared to like, St. Lawrence, which is another lake that I'd like to go to or a body of water, but like that's like 20 hours, right? So it's like literally half. And then basically having two tournaments that I've, or two lakes or bodies of water that are basically two and a half, three hours from my house that I don't have to waste any time to spend, figure out where the boat ramps are, or like things like that. And like had decent success on them over the years. Although I'll say that I got some work to do to be competitive on leech compared to how it used to be. But mm -hmm. yeah how do you think leech will hold up to an open hmm. with 250 boats 225 okay 225 <laughs> i'm gonna say i bet 40 percent would go for largemouth probably so that's how many boats fish and smallmouth that's still 100 something fish and smallmouth so there's gonna be yeah we'll just say there'll be at least a hundred guys just predominantly committing, committing to the smallmouth so yep. that's for five days of practice yeah that too i didn't think about that that's there's i don't know i i don't know i could 
I could see smallmouth winning it, but I I could also see throwing in like a, a kicker largemouth in there with a smallmouth bag winning it, you know, each day. I don't I don't know. Yeah. I mean I think the guy that the angler that wins it does bring in fifteen smallmouth. But I think there's gonna be a whole lot of checks cashed with largemouth. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I don't know, I think there'll be a couple guys that really crack a smallmouth, but it'll it'll fall pretty quick, especially in August, I would think. Yeah. I mean, if, if this summer was any indication, mm-hmm. now you'll have another year. <clears throat> There'll be more of them, clearly. Yep. Yep. Um, but it'll be interesting. Although I also am a little concerned about if you have 150 bolts beating on largemouth for five days. Yeah. It is 112,000 acres, but there's a lot of basin that I don't think is productive water. Yep. But I don't, I don't, but I also think there are guys like, I don't know. I mean, you're pretty proficient with front facing sonar, but there are guys in the opens that are, they might surprise us. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. there are some anglers in the opens with their electronics might surprise us on what they find on leech. And that would be the interesting thing. Mm -hmm. For sure. It might be an eye opener for all of us. We'll see. Yeah, I was just wondering, like, because I know, like, that, like that bite that is known on Pokegama. I've not heard about uh, pelagic fish on leech, but I they probably do exist somewhere. Got to. But maybe there's just not enough of them to even make it worthwhile yet. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. That's the other thing too. I wonder if it's too early for the opens to go there almost in a way i don't know I, I still feel like on the small side of things i still feel like it's on the come up still yeah i mean i think fast forward 10 15 years people will probably be driving past malax mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah it'll be it'll be the new hot spot i think and like you said which might just... be the best thing for malax to get that lace like give it a little ying, like give it a little breathing although i've heard it's been fishing a little better lately but yeah it'll all even out in the end <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I see like guys like Bart saying like, "Oh man, Division Three guys are gonna need band aids for their fingers," and I'm like, mm, "Like St. Clair, yes. Mm-hmm. Leech, maybe a little bit, but I also wonder like, yeah, maybe for the first. <laughs> it depends how guys what they do in practice. I mean, I guess I haven't fished an open, but I feel like those fish get. I mean, there's still a lot of guys setting the hook a lot." Mm-hmm. I think in those opens in practice, and I think it could get get tight. And then I I do not think lacrosse will be a whack fest in the second week of September. That will be very yeah. grimy. Mm-hmm. Why do you do you know why they do five days of practice for the opens? Do you know what the reasoning is? Well, that's a like up until this year there was no off limits. Hmm. So 2022 and before there were people literally there for two three weeks at a time. Or like I know there was some of those Japanese anglers that like they would literally go fish a tournament. They would go park their camper at the next tournament and literally stay there until the next open and then go to the next open. I don't know why they don't just make it to like two and a half days like the elites is. Just I'm not sure. I don't know if it's just a I don't know why they feel like they need five. Yeah, I don't know. 
Unless it's just... It's a great question. I don't know. Even three, to me. three, four, like the fifth day. The fifth day just seems like a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Unless they feel like they're still just like a working mentality and they want to give guys flexibility of like, I don't know, but still seems like a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chad says, working man schedule, more guys without experience can compete. Yeah, I mean, I get that if you're fishing a single division. Like, I mean, I guess going out to St. Clair, five days sounds awesome. Uh, five days on leech sounds like a really long time to practice. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, but it almost would be easier. I mean... With the work, I mean, like the working man, I would think you'd want less because, like, every day that you add is, you know, like that's if if you have a job, like, and you're taking time off, then like, if you have five days, you feel like you gotta like be there for all five days. So, yeah, I guess, I guess for me, I wish it would be like no pre practice at all. Just you, you get the three days only going up to the tournament. Like as yeah, soon as so basically, you can't be on the water for 30 days prior to those five days. But I think you can get information up until the five days. Really? I think that's how the open is. That's crazy. Obviously, read your own rules, but that's my understanding. Hmm. I did not know that. Aaron says they'll all need more than five days to beat you out there. (laughs) Come on, Teal. It could be a, a a a play for the locally chambers, right? They want to get people in there, and maybe they can leverage more of what the the chamber kicks in for some of these tournaments. So, um, that's a good point. Yeah, I don't know. Aaron, live chat. Have you thought about fishing Division Three next year? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of interested to see how many guys I've like. I know, like Bart said, he's all in, and uh, other guys. I mean, but I gotta think guys like Willard, who kind of, and Chad Smith, and those guys that have kind of taken a year off from the opens. I gotta think they're at least seriously considering fishing a division next year. Um, it'll be interesting. Yeah, especially with that schedule. Not sponsored by me. If, if Hellabass is sponsoring anybody, he's sponsoring Hellabass for the <laughs> Division Three. <laughs> I mean, you're, you got a big time podcast now, the Bass Galaxy. You just put the Bass Galaxy on the side of the boat, and I mean, it pretty much pays for itself. It's pretty much free fishing. <laughs> I mean, gas will. Well, the people that are interested will probably register to do this. Uh, I think registration will be in like November, and then uh, somehow, you know, gas will be like eighteen dollars a gallon by the time the tournaments roll around. <laughs> This is a good question. What's there to gain only fishing one division? <clears throat> good question. I've had this conversation. <clears throat> so you're you're a couple things. Yeah, you can't make the elites. But you can, I mean, to me, and it kind of depends on how you're wired and what your goals are. But to me, I think seeing, like, it's like going to fish a division of the Toyotas, right? You can't make, I guess, can you? You can 
maybe you can make the MLS Invitationals, Fishing One Division, but and there's a championship, but a lot of guys want to go and see how they like <clears throat> fare, how they test out. It's like a, a measuring stick to some degree, right? Like, I mean, <clears throat> why do guys go fish uh, most of the team trails we have in the state? You're really not making money in most of them, <clears throat> right? Uh, you don't have a path to move forward. So I think there's a bit of a measuring stick. It's kind of a bucket list thing. You want to see how you do. Obviously, you get three cracks at making a classic if you win one. Obviously, that's a long shot. But to me, I guess, as somebody that's always thought about fishing the Opens, they get asked, you know, when are you going to fish the Opens? But, like, I, I don't think the moons will ever align again where there'll be two Opens within three hours of my house ever ever again i haven't seen it in the last 30 years and i guess it would probably be another 30 years just guessing before we'd see it again so if you're gonna like dip your toe in and try it and give it a whirl you know you can fish a single division have two two tournaments on lakes that you're familiar with um i don't know that's what i see and i, I see lake st Clair as a destination lake that'd be fun either way um yeah total cost efficient division from minnesota angler so if you like for me right so it'll be fourteen hundred dollars per tournament we'll just round up to fifteen hundred so that's forty five hundred and then you've got me personally i think i got places i can stay at both leech and lacrosse, lacrosse. so i mean it's just basically be the gas i'm burning each day and some food so I really have one 11, 12 hour drive out to St. Clair. So I guess I think I could easily do it for less than 10 grand, which is pretty cheap. Most people are saying, you know, 50 grand to fish three divisions. And that's like camping and like eating ramen and beans and rice. Like, so see Tad's thinking about it. So, and Tad's, I think, fished the opens before it and some of the other ones. So, look at this. <laughs> I can get a couple Fritz sides and a spool of braid. So, they're already lining up. <laughs> You're set. Nice. But, uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts? I mean, do you, do you think it makes sense? I mean, let's say you didn't just win the bracket and you don't get the division. Let's say you just had a, a good year. Let's say you, you know, you. what are your thoughts? Would you consider, try to put yourself in this position and like un, undo time here, would you consider fishing that Division Three as a solo on top of like with your, I mean, your, you probably have a gap in your college schedule. This basically all happens in late July through early September, which is probably a pretty slow time for college. Um, I mean, what do you think? I would, I would definitely be considering it. Like you said, you know, there's two events, two high caliber events that are super close to home. You know, like you said, you probably won't see that again for a long time. So it would, it's hard to pass up for sure. But I don't know, like on the other hand, like Teal saying, if you're going to put your hand in three of them, why not, you know, go all in. But, you know, so that's, that's probably just, between like. 8,000 and 50,000 and yeah. I only have like four weeks of vacation and I can't do nine. Yeah, like for me, like I legitimately have like an office job. 
like I have kids that are still in high school in sports. Fishing nine is not going to happen. Yeah, I'm not willing to like do that to my family at this point. Now, I mean, it's not possible for me either at this point. But right. I'm just, I'm just spitting. But, but like yeah. you said, like the two within super close range is definitely. And to some degree, to right? If you think in the next few years you do want to make a run at the nine, it may not hurt to have a division of the opens and get that wow factor and get some of those lessons learned close mm-hmm. to home, you know, on a, on a smaller budget and not, you know, you don't want to be taking those hard lumps. I mean, obviously Keith Tuma having a great year, you know, but mm-hmm. you know, he had one bomb that looks like it may keep him from making the elites, which is just like crazy. Like it looked like he was a lock and then one tough event. And now it looks like he's got to basically like top five or win the event. Um, so it's crazy. Crazy, yeah. Just the level of competition is insane. So, I mean, yeah. I guess I, I think there are some pros to it. And I think for a lot of guys, it'll make sense. But <laughs> well, you know, we can talk, Tim. <laughs> no, it's uh, this guy catches them way better than Banger does. Don't worry about that. <clears throat> That's a lie. Uh, are there any, uh, have you ever caught an albino catfish in Minnesota? I haven't. Yeah. I mean, I've, I don't, I can't think I've caught, I mean, I've definitely caught bullheads and some pretty good ones in some lakes, but like, I feel like the only place I catch catfish is on the Mississippi river or the St. Croix or something like that. I don't, I can't think of catching a catfish in any of our, like even like the Southern lakes that I fish, I don't know that I've ever caught a catfish. I don't know what else what does the chat have I don't know what else is on my list here let's see we've talked about team trail dominance high school college you been to Grand yet never fished yet have not you fished uh, some other Ozark stuff though right so you kind of got a feel for the region three times now so but I don't know. I got my paper right here for it. It says official off limit starts January 1st. So I might, I got a couple of buddies on the team that live kind of close to Grand. I might try to go stay at the house. Which also means you're also in the no information segment, right? Basically, I assume that was like a conversation like right after you won is like, oh, by the way, no information on Grand starts now. (laughs) Right now. That's exactly what they said. Yep. Uh, Travis wants to know how how many drum did you catch at Milford? I probably caught five drummed every bass I caught on Milford. Hmm. Crazy amount of drum. So like twenty plus a day. Yeah, for sure. Nice. Um. So are you? Uh, what do you like to do? Research on lakes, new lakes. Do you like to like look up videos? Like, what kind of research do you like to do? Getting ready for a big tournament. Um, like not videos, not Minnesota lakes, but like like when you're traveling. Yeah, I think everyone does videos. Uh, a lot of fishing reports, past tournament results. Um, and then the biggest one for me is Google Earth. That's the biggest tool I use prior to a tournament. That's that's how I how do that's how I learn. Like, you know, some, some lakes drop their water levels and stuff, and you can really learn kind of bottom composition, you know, structures. And Google Earth is definitely the biggest tool for me. 
可能。So ideally, like obviously you catch them a lot of different ways, but you know, if you, I guess, let's say, what what's your uh, what do you feel like if you can catch them doing this? Do you like you like your chances against anybody? Hmm. I feel like my strong suit is something super finesse and clear water. I think that's what I feel most comfortable at. So I feel really good around here at the, you know, the, the Hartwells, the Smiths, the, those types of lakes, you know, the, the super clear, deep bodies of water. Nice. Although like, have you done, had you done similar types of stuff that like Jay Shakurt was doing on lay when he did it? Yeah, I do that all the time. Yeah, I've... but like you, you were you were doing that before before you saw it, like yeah. on uh, yeah. Nice. Uh, me and Nick got onto that our freshman year here is when we started doing that. So it's that's definitely a, a big deal around here. Yeah, Th times are changing. You think like you know Lay Lake. You think back to like summertime, right? You think Kusa white swim jigs, 65 pound, you know what I mean? Like kind of like how, uh, what's his name? Wes Logan won, uh, Neely? the one up the river there, Neely. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's definitely, definitely changing with forward facing sonar. It's changing the game for sure. So what, what kind of setup? how do you got your boat set up? Uh, I got I got the 34 Garmin transducer and then I got 360 as well on the front. How big a 12s? Yep. I got I got the GPS map 1222 Garmin and then yeah, I got a Helix 12 for the 360. You just run two up front? I have three. I got I got Lawrence now too for mapping and 2D. Mhm. Mm so and twin units at the back. Yep. One Lawrence, one Humbird. Yeah. And I think you said you got side scans for both, right? Or both. Yep. Both Lawrence and, and Humbird. And then, and then were you saying on Teals that you, uh, you find certain things on certain lakes pop on Lawrence versus Hummingbird or vice versa, depending on. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's really weird how that works, but. Like Teal mentioned in that podcast, I don't know if my boat just leans a certain way and one transducer is higher than the other. I don't know why that's why that's why that's happening, but you know, it's definitely you know, fish sometimes pop on the Lawrence versus Hummingbird, vice versa. It's it's a really weird, but it's definitely super nice. And I'm also able to run Hummingbird on like Mega, and then I always run my Lawrence on 455 kilohertz. So, then are you like just looking at a sliver of map? Yep, just or a small years. section of map of Lawrence and then just a tiny section of Lake Master on the Humbird. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And are you, uh, you got your uh, 34 on the shaft of your trolling motor? Yep. You like to be actively like hunting, looking around, not a pole mount? No, not a pole mount. Have you gotten into like the specialty like fish obsessed mount or do you like just go straight with the stock mounts? I actually have a fish obsessed mount sitting downstairs right now waiting to put on my boat. 
bunch of kids on the team and talked me into getting it. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. But haven't used it yet. I mean, yeah, I haven't, haven't used put it on So no. what is the theory? So why, why do I need one? Uh, the so the transducer stock is at an eight degree angle. I think it is to you know counter the the bottom of the trolling motor the whatever you call it, where the, the shaft is, the shaft housing. Okay, the, the, yeah, the, the lower unit, I guess, yeah. essentially. It's angled like this to so it can, you know, shoot past that. And the the fish obsessed one is it's straight up and down. So you're supposed to be able to hit your targets out further, like when your life's going to fish or something. So basically know. it's offsetting it and then keeping it. Yeah, it offsets it past your, your troll motor foot, we'll call it. Okay. And it keeps it at a straight up and down angle. Got it. Yep. All right. Yeah, because Kent Middlestead said that was a big deal for him when I talked to him, but I was like, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's my understanding. I might be totally wrong, but that's what everyone on the team sure. told me. Uh, Chad wants to know, favorite finesse, te finesse technique and what's your setup? Hmm. I would say down here, Nico is my biggest player finesse fishing uh anywhere from a i would say a six inch finesse worm is probably my go-to three thirty second ounce weight and uh one knot gamagatsu's uh split shot drop shot hook and uh, i'll usually throw throw it on like a seven three medium heavy rod and i almost always use eight pound braid which all these southern guys think i'm crazy throwing eight pound braid or down here on brush and stuff but you really don't need to go higher. I go to 10 sometimes, but a lot of guys down here throw like 20 and 30 on their spinning rods, and then, you know, they're they're throwing like 20 feet, so. Yeah, and then you you you, you vary your leader based on the conditions and. Yep, that's where I really, that's where, yeah, like you said, I really vary, you know, I'll go from 8 all the way up to 15, so. So what's your, what's your favorite Nico worm? Uh, I like the Strike King Fat Baby Finesse is a big one. The, you know, the go-to Zoom Worm, whatever it's called. The, you know, what I'm talking about the Zoom Finesse Worm. Trick Worm. Yeah, Trick Worm. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And then Flick Shake from Jackals, always a good one. And there's there's a couple other ones. I don't know. They're they're all good. Just some sort of worm that style. Um, I can't say that I have seen the Rain's Tank Worm. I don't, uh, I have any soft plastics drive me nuts. <laughs> uh, so outside of the fishing, what was the best part of Kansas? Hmm. The scenery was really cool. The, all the rolling hills and stuff. That was, that was my first time ever being to Kansas. So that was, that was really cool to me. I was thinking about, Deer hunting a lot as I was driving through Kansas just looked like really good deer hunting country. But other than that, I, I can't say I experienced much other than Milford Lake. It wasn't like any good custard shops or. No, we were, we stayed in Junction City one night and the best food we got there was IHOP. So didn't really get to, didn't, we didn't venture you didn't out. Did get like a cinnamon roll and chili or whatever they do in that part of the country? Is that a no. Missouri thing or a Kansas thing? I don't remember. Nothing fancy like that. Were there a lot of bass fishing groupies in Kansas or not so much? 
Not for us. <laughs> I don't know. Like the Teal podcast, they were talking about uh, what was his name? Went. I think it was Went twenty one on Whitefish Chain. He said they was he was uh, drawing quite the crowd at Moonlight. So I don't know. That's uh, maybe you have to. Have you tried carrying your big check to like a campus bar in Montevello or anything? I have haven't not, tried that yet. Have not tried that. Could, could be a play. <laughs> uh, are you a FG guy or what are you? I'm uh... I'm actually an FG hater. I do not like FG. Crazy Alberto type yep. guy or I'm an Alberto guy. Team. Uh, uh, I can see his face. Who's the guy that uh, the West Coast guy that lives in Alabama? He's a big. Justin Lucas. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah. That's kind of where I've landed as well. I just, uh, I ain't got time for the FG knot. Yep. Same here. <laughs> uh... Oh, man. I don't know. Was there anything else? Uh, I guess uh, anything you want to talk about or that I didn't ask you or <clears throat> are, you, are you fishing the team trip? I mean, do you, you don't know what you're doing much next year as far as like you, you don't know if you have time to come home and fish. And <clears throat> After this weekend, I really got to start throwing a whole bunch of dates into the calendar. And... You got to start letting your old man know whether he's got to have a backup partner or not and all that kind of stuff. I guess so. Just really got to start planning out my next year now. But and everything health wise, you're feeling good. Yeah, like no... I'm feeling good now. Actually, got tests all day tomorrow to kind of get an update on what the situation is. But I'm expecting good results. You know, I'm, I'm pretty much back right. to normal now. So, yeah, finished all your antibiotics and all that kind of stuff. And I'm still on the antibiotics. So hopefully that'll change tomorrow. We'll see. Matthew wants to know: Have you do you dabble in swim baits at all? And if if so, do you also do it in tournaments, or is that more just like a fun fishing thing? Uh, you think I was talking like big swim baits, glide bait type stuff? Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, D, I mean, like I would say six plus, like bigger than mag drafts. Yeah, um, <laughs> I don't know if you've heard about him yet. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a super awkward guy around here. It's bunch of kids on the team have been just wrecking them on that thing so i'm finally getting into that game but okay there's a actually the national championship on pickwick is a tournament where if i understood how to fish a glide bait you you could blow that thing out of the water but you know me I'm, i haven't spent enough time with it but we had one school on a ledge where we were throwing all of our finesse type stuff nico you know small swim baits grounder and they would just kind of react to it but you throw that big giant glide bait over it and the whole school just freaked out over it but you know i just don't have enough, enough experience with it to really be able to entice them biting but i'm i'm yeah, definitely trying to learn Millican, it Millican videos enough to have that dialed in yet i guess not i guess i might have to but there's definitely a time and a place for it. And I'm, I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to get into that game a little bit. So, yeah, I saw a thing similar to that with the chicken jig recently on a lake by my house where like I caught one big one, like a five pounder on a drop shot, but I could see these like blobs in and out of the coontail of Milfa. And I was like, and I like, and I've literally have not, I've caught a few fish in my life on the chicken jig. Like I know it's a player, but I just, need more reps with it and uh mm -hmm. 
literally like slow rolled that thing across the grass and that they all just went and like one and i felt it like one whack it and i was like oh and then i was like another one's like oh i was like (laughs) like but i literally threw my drop shot and my nico rig in that clump and you could see him down there but your bait would just sit there and feel little sunfish packs nothing would happen and then that first time i rolled that big chicken jig through there it was like they couldn't stand it yeah there's definitely a time and a place for that that big bait type stuff and i'm really curious to know like what triggers them to you know want a big big meal like that it's really interesting to me i actually because i went there like that day that local like i really went there with the mindset i was gonna like cruise around and really just put my trauma down and, and get get some reps on the garment because I know I need to get better at it. And uh, really most of the morning didn't, didn't see much, didn't catch much. And then I'd like had like 19 pounds like that on that spot. And then, but I was like, man, I, they, I could still see there was some down there that I didn't catch. And then I was like driving home. I was like, why didn't you get a swim bait out? You idiot. <laughs> like I didn't think of it when I was on the water, but I was like, man, I could kind of still roll the big paddle tail. I could have counted down a glide bait. Like, cause they were like, I got I caught a couple on the chicken, but then it came to the point where they'd rise up on it or they'd like bump it, but they weren't eating it. And I was like, "Yeah, I should have rotated a different big bait down there." But did you throw your Nico in back after you caught a couple on the chicken? Would they eat it then? I I did. I I saw one stray out to the side, and I ended up catching a nice one on the Nico that kind of went rogue by himself. But I couldn't catch him on the Nico in the weeds. But hmm. interesting. I don't know. I'm no Nico master either. I prefer if they just eat a jig myself, but fish are starting to get smart. Oh yeah. <laughs> hmm. Nice. Well, cool. I feel like the chat has died down. Cover a lot of water. We got uh, between the Facebook and YouTube, we're hovering around seventy some people. Is it a good night? Cool. Don't want to keep you up too late. You got to get rest, and you got to. I got a lot of decisions and tournaments coming up ahead of you, so. But uh, cool. Appreciate you getting back to me, Easton, and uh, coming on at short notice and being your first uh, live show as a 2024 Classic qualifier. (laughs) Yeah, super cool. Thanks for having me. We'll we'll keep saying it, and it'll start to sink in. (laughs) It'll take something because it's not think it's not sinking in just me thinking about it. So. But. Right on. Well, if you guys came in late, there's some good nuggets and some good juice here. Uh, make sure you check the replay on Facebook or YouTube, or you can listen on your favorite MP3 app. Just search Hellabass. Um, and as always, here to help you guys catch more big bass and suck less. Thank you. <laughs>